Thank you for joining us today for the Cybersecurity Guide podcast. My name is Steve Bocut. I'm a writer and an editor for Cybersecurity Guide and the podcast's host. We appreciate your listening. Today, our guest is John Petrozelli. John is the director of the Mass Cyber Center. And our topic for today is the value and resources offered by the Mass Cyber Center. And I'm going to let John talk about that here in a minute so he can uh, explain to us exactly what that is. Um, before I bring John in, let me tell you a little bit about him. John has been a featured speaker at the Massachusetts National Cyber Crime Conference and at the Microsoft Digital Crimes Community Conference in Vienna, Austria. He was a featured speaker at the Threat Locker Zero Trust World and the International Crisis Management Conference in 2003. He has delivered remarks at many universities and professional organizations, and I am just thrilled to have him here uh, on our show today. So welcome, John. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's great to be here. All right. So this is going to be um, very useful for our audience, and I'm going to find it personally interesting as well. So I, I really do appreciate you being here. So let's start with kind of a high-level overview of Mass Cyber Center what it is, what its mission is, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, so I'm the director of the Mass Cyber Center, as you said, and um, this is a new opportunity for me that I that I just jumped into in May of 2023. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been really exciting. And part of really what I like about it is its mission. Um, so it was formed in 2017 uh, by Governor Baker, then Governor Baker at the time, um, and his team based on what they saw is you know, the, the importance of being a cybersecurity leader for the state of Massachusetts in the country. And um, he wanted to try to maintain um, opportunities for Massachusetts to compete nationally and um, to become um, our Massachusetts cybersecurity ecosystem to really become a leader in the space uh, and to make sure that our communities were resilient and our private uh, sector organizations were resilient as well. Um, so, what they did was they put together the Mass Cyber Center with the, the mission of convening state and local officials and private sector participants um, to come up with ways of making Massachusetts, uh, the, the whole ecosystem, more cybersecurity resilient. Um, and so the way we do that is we do a lot of collaboration uh, with state, local, nonprofit, um, federal partners, and then private sector to try to bring everybody into the same room and talk about some of the challenges that we face uh, with emerging technologies or with existing technologies, some of which could be 20 something years old, like USBs coming back, right? Or um, any type of threats that we face and how we as an ecosystem in Massachusetts can confront those threats as a team and what people can bring from a per perspective of people, process and technology to the fight to make ourselves more resilient. Okay, so is it, so it's clear in my mind. So is Mass Cyber Center, is it a government agency or is it a quasi-government agency? How would you define that? Yeah, we're so we're a quasi. Um, so we're a .org versus a .gov. Okay. Um, and um, we do have a line item in the state budget um, for our existence. We are codified in state law, um, but we are a quasi-public organization. So we do have a little more flexibility as a nonprofit um, and um and so it's, it gives us just that flexibility we need to kind of participate in, in things we otherwise wouldn't be able to as a state entity. 
Okay, cool. And I know um, on your when people go to your website, they'll see that there's a relationship between Mass Cyber Center and Mass Tech. So can you elaborate, help us understand that relationship, if any, and how that works? Sure. So, yeah, the Mass Cyber Center is one of five divisions of the Massachusetts Technology Collaborative. So uh, Mass Tech has been in existence for decades, and they have um, a bunch of great initiatives. Uh, Cyber Center is one of the more recent ones. Um, but Mass Tech has been involved in really trying to um, to make Massachusetts resilient, not just for cybersecurity, but for for a, a bunch of different initiatives. Um, we have, um, you know, the the Centers for Advanced Manufacturing that help companies to include startups with manufacturing processes. We have um, the Massachusetts um, eHealth uh, Institute, which helps the healthcare sectors uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, we have the Mass Broadband Institute, which is working on digital equity and passing um, our uh, broadband throughout the state to uh, you know maybe disaffected communities, underprivileged communities, and rural communities, so everybody can get that same level of a good internet broadband um, mm-hmm. that the cities can. Okay. Um, we have the John Adams Innovation Institute, which is another one, and then and, and then again they're they're working with startups and helping companies to get. Uh, development grants and things like that as well. So we we have a lot of um, a lot of capability um, under the Massachusetts Technology Collaborative. Okay, so I want to get to career development and industry partnerships, but before we go there, let's kind of drill down or focus on educational opportunities. So, how does the Mass Cyber Center um, collaborate with educational institutions, and and what does that mean, or what form does that take? So we. Uh, we work with them um, in, in one situation. We work with the Higher Education Cybersecurity Coordinating Committee, which is called HEC. So we work with HEC. We do. Um, we just recently in June did a tabletop exercise with them, uh, where we simulated, you know, a, an attack on uh, a school network and worked with the schools to try to figure out, okay, what would their steps be? What do they have in place now? What should they consider putting in place? And how do they work with not only other schools in their consortiums? but also the state and local government as well as CISA and federal agencies when there is an incident like that. So um, that's one of the ways that we work with our, um, the, the um, higher ed, you know, uh, institutions. Um, But we also are, what I'm really proud of is we're really building out um, through a nonprofit called cyber trust, Massachusetts. We're really building out, um, an opportunity and what I would consider as a, a vision for a pipeline for high school students, you know, mm-hmm. grades nine through 12, um, getting a pipeline into either a community college or two or four year institution where they can graduate as, um, you know, more seasoned SOC analysts. And so um, if you're okay with it, I'll just talk about that a little bit. Because Please, no, that's perfect. It, I was hoping that you would that you would mention that because I think that's so important that we focus on, um, you know, the K twelve and obviously the younger the young. It's probably too much for the younger grades, but nine through twelve, um, and helping them get in a pipeline if that's their interest and if that's where their skill set lies. Um, I think that's that's so cool. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, so what we're doing is we partnered with um, community colleges and universities in the state, and and what we're doing is basically two levels of capability for them. So um, before I came on, Stephanie Helm was the previous director, and, and she and the team really started this 
so I've just come on to kind of spearhead the continuation of it. But um, but our team created this uh, security operations center and cybersecurity range program. And they tried to figure out, okay, should the mass cyber center be the ones kind of spearheading this or should it be through a nonprofit, another entity that, that is not a quasi government agency. And so what they decided was they did a request for proposal and determined that um, CyberTrust Massachusetts, uh, which was created as a result of that request for proposal, would be the best way to go with this because as a nonprofit, um, you know, they're not out there to make a buck. They're out there to do the right thing for the Commonwealth, but they have flexibility. We don't when it comes to procurement and things like that. So, so as a result, they can get, you know, better economies of scale and um, really try to gain a really good value for their, their um, constituents, whether it be municipalities or small business or other nonprofits um, in providing cybersecurity services for them. But where the, the universities are coming in is what we're trying to do, it's, it's unique for this type of environment would be um, using university students or community college students as the SOC analysts. So what happens is um, CyberTrust is partnering with organizations that are now members of CyberTrust. Um, for example, Bridgewater State University um, and um, Springfield um, Technical Community College out in Springfield, Mass. And those two um, universities and, and community colleges are essentially building um, security operations centers that their students will be able to sit in and uh, monitor um, you know, a threat environment in real time um, for a protected entity. Now, we're primarily starting looking at municipalities, but long term, that could also be you know, startup small businesses. It could also be other nonprofits. And so these students are going to start with, obviously, education in, in their two or four year university. And as they go through edu that education, their part-time job might be working for CyberTrust in these SOCs. And so what you have there is a really great combination of a, a student going to school, learning the principles, working with a great staff at you know a two or four year college. But while they're doing that, their part-time job is in cybersecurity. And so what, what they're doing is they're building a portfolio for themselves so that by the time they graduate, you know, they're not just looking at, okay, how am I going to find a job? Now they're going to be an in-demand person because they've had maybe two, maybe four years of, of SOC experience as a SOC analyst. And so they might be able to graduate and move into not just a tier one, but my vision would be they move into a tier two SOC analyst at maybe a managed services provider or a security analyst for a company, um, a private company, hopefully in Massachusetts. So. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the way that we're working with the the colleges to be able to create that opportunity for them, um, and and again, um, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later too. But the the nine through twelve is really important to me uh, personally because I've seen it with my children about you know what happens when a child is going from seventh and eighth grade. They they're not really sure what they're going to do, but like they also are looking for options and they're kind of looking for that path. And so what we're going to do is try to develop that pathway for them so that if a kid wants to go into cybersecurity, they can do so. And that can, the path's been laid out for them um, so that they can they can kind of get a feel for, OK, what am I going to go through in high school? How am I going to deal with that? And then um, how is that going to work for me when I get into college and beyond? Yeah, that is that is so interesting. I, I find that fascinating that 
you've got this program where college students can graduate with more than just an academic an academic understanding of cybersecurity. They have actually worked in the field as their part-time job while they're getting their education. I think that is so awesome. I appreciate that. And that, that kind of leads into the, what I want to talk about next. So I did want to talk about um, career development and, and the kinds of things that you do either for students or um, people maybe have already graduated and they want to switch careers or maybe they're in cybersecurity, but they need to develop that career or advance in that career. So are there programs and, and trainings and those kinds of things that you either offer or point them towards? How does that work? Yes. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of different programs we'll talk about. Uh, one of which is our mentorship program. Okay. And that's a cybersecurity mentorship program that pairs up an, uh, an existing college student um, with a, a mentor from the private sector or, or it could be public sector, but essentially a mentor in the cybersecurity realm already. And what they do is they work together for basically about a, uh, a quarter to a half a semester. And so we have a course that's starting, probably will start in October, um, a mentorship program uh, series right now. And, um, and that's going to continue through December. And so uh, a student will be paired up with a private sector mentor or a cybersecurity mentor from the public sector who will basically help that student develop some kind of a, a project. Mm -hmm. um, through the course of the semester. And at the end of the semester, that student gives a presentation. And um, I've seen some really cool ones. Uh, one of the first couple of weeks that I got in was the the end of the, the kind of the culmination of the mentorship program from the spring. And I mean, some of the some of the, the work that these students did was amazing. It was really mm -hmm. great. <laughs> um, one of them developed a phishing page, like was a link page to a very well-known um, streaming service and mm -hmm. it looked just like that page yeah. and it was essentially a, a credential capture landing page you know and and this this is a college student who developed that with this the help of a mentor so um there's some you know really great opportunities for for existing students to join that program um we've got we've had 175 students go through that in the in the last couple of years this year we have uh, in this in this fall um, semester, we've got 70 or so students that are interested. We're still looking for mentors. We've got about um, 25 to 30 mentors. So um, that the amount of mentors who participate, uh, you know, are really the limiting factor for us. If we don't get, we might have 70 students, but if we don't have 70 mentors, we typically will try to pair up one one to one. One to one. Okay. Um, yeah. So that way, there's like a good good uh, ability for someone to to build that rapport. And get a get a relationship with someone. So um, right now we're probably looking at a class of about thirty or so students going through, unless we get more mentors uh, for this fall program. And our application uh, deadline is uh, September nineteenth, so we've still got a little bit of time. Got it. So that's okay. that's one of the programs we have. Um, the other one that we're developing right now, um, and I th I'm really excited about because it's going to give people that were like me the opportunity to jump in to cybersecurity, maybe when they didn't have a background in it to start, you know, like I, I was lucky as an intelligence officer in the air force, I hacked my first computer in like 1998, you know, and it was one of those like, hello world, you know, type of messages. Right. It wasn't anything substantial, but it was, it was cool. And it gave me the itch. Um, and once I left the military, I really wanted to get into cyber. And um, I had had some issues with the GI bill where it just didn't there were some paperwork issues, so I couldn't use my GI Bill 
the way it should have been used. But um, so that that gave me a little delay in my professional development for cyber. But I then joined the FBI, did a lot of cyber work with them, and eventually got my master's at Boston University. Um, but what I want is for people who want to get into cyber to have a venue to get in there right away, you know. And so one of the things we're doing with our cybersecurity range is creating a pathway where, um, pr you know, private citizens, maybe someone who's in one industry who wants to jump into cyber can use the cybersecurity range that we have. And the range helps them to learn about different topics like phishing or, you know, white hat hacking, um, surveillance and reconnaissance that they would be doing against, you know, prospective target. Um, so a lot of different tools inside of that um, that sandbox environment where they can practice security skills, cybersecurity skills, and um, and get a feel for you know um, what the cyber world looks like, and then you know that might help them to figure out what they're interested in, so that they could try to pursue some kind of a degree. Mm -hmm. And one thing I I wanted to highlight is Massachusetts. This is not the Mass Cyber Center, but this is the governor's office has essentially just created um, a program called Mass Reconnect. And, and that enables people who don't already have a college degree to go back to school, um, paid for by the state, um, to go back and, and basically you know, reskill or upskill their current skill set. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Mass Reconnect is a, uh, a relatively new program, just got signed into law, I think a few weeks ago. Um, but it's essentially like, Anybody who's 25 or older on the first day of classes, um, they are uh, enrolled in and pursuing a program of higher education at a public community college. They haven't previously earned a college degree. Um, they're enrolled in at least six credits per semester. Uh, and they have, to, they have to complete the free application for FAFSA, Federal Student Aid, mm -hmm. uh, and they're a mass resident. But if they meet those requirements, then they're eligible for that, that free um, college. And and again, if they're if they participate in that, they may be one of these students that can then jump into these the SOC programs. Um, so there's an opportunity there that hasn't been there before, and that's really exciting in Massachusetts. And and that's really at the best of the best of a lot of private industry that was trying to build something like this, public industry that was trying to push this, and then the governor and uh, you know the House and Senate uh, coming together to create this. Okay. Wow. That is, um, I'm just really impressed with what Massachusetts is doing. Um, it seems like they're right in the forefront of, of cybersecurity uh, education and promoting those um, programs. That's that's pretty impressive. Now, you've talked about um, partnerships with educational institutions. You've talked about mentors, <clears throat> excuse me, mentor, mentorships with private industry, but are there are there any other industry partnerships that you either have or are working towards collaborations um, to help professionals transition into the cybersecurity roles in industry? Um, so, yeah, we mentioned that the member, the mentorship program um, every year for cybersecurity month, we have a cybersecurity forum and that's where uh, private sector. Uh, typically we try to invite like CEOs, or higher level members of companies come to that forum and talk about specific issues of the day. You know, so like this, this year, we're going to talk about um, civil cyber, civil cyber defense and talk about different initiatives in Massachusetts where public and private sector entities are working together 
to to create opportunities for a collective defense, um, whether that be a consortium of schools that are sharing the burden of like um, a new cybersecurity tool, and they're basically cost sharing or, or getting economies of scale by working together as a consortium to get those services. Or um, you know, the water districts is, is another example we're going to give. I think at the at the forum, um, and uh, and we have some people also looking to try to create a civilian core of private sector people who'd be willing to jump in as essentially CISOs to help a company who's going through a breach. Um, that's I think that's still in the kind of the initial phases of development, but we're going to have that um, that group talk about that you know in the forum so that that companies can hear some of these ideas and maybe come up with ideas of their own um, that might help to, you know, make the, the rest of the industry more resilient. Um, we've got a lot of different, the long-term goals with this, um, particularly reaching deeper into industry to help, um, you know, maybe uh, increase collaboration between what people who might be otherwise competitors for certain products, working together to try to, to help themselves and each other to harden their their security stacks, but you know that's I think that's probably um, an aggressive goal, probably for like 2024-2025. Um, we do have on our website uh, a minimum baseline of IT, which is part of our minimum baseline of cybersecurity, and that's one of the things that we've done in partnership with um, local uh, nonprofit, private sector, and public sector entities, where we've created this minimum baseline of IT that we would recommend for really anybody. Um, primarily, it's geared toward municipalities at the moment, but we're changing the format. So it's going to be available to anybody. And, and right now, anybody could download it, but we're going to try to gear it more toward private sector as well over time. Mm -hmm. um, right. And then lastly, we have a, uh, we have, we already work with uh, mass, uh, like I said, mass e-health. We have a monthly cybersecurity call where we do, um, we do, you know, current, uh, cybersecurity topics we last month we talked about the the benefit of cyber insurance this month we're talking about mobile device um, policies and and mobile device vulnerabilities and how to protect especially like home health workers mm -hmm. how to protect their mobile devices if they're bringing their own device into the work environment so um we're, we're trying to i'd like to build more of those across different industries over time as well excellent thank you um, I think our audience would be interested in hearing some of your perspective. Now, this may not necessarily be um, mass cyber centers, um, part of what your work is, but just given your your experience in the industry, um, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about uh, cybersecurity trends and needs and what you see um, coming. If, if, I guess I'm, I'm picturing a student who's uh, you know wanting to make sure they have the right skills for work in cybersecurity um, what would what would be your perspective on that yeah so of course it's growing you know cybersecurity is going to be around it basically touches any kind of sector whether it be public or private sector you know a lot of physical damage can be done with cybersecurity tools mm -hmm. and so um Cybersecurity incident response is going to be, you know, continued uh, career path that's going to be in demand. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention is what we're trying to target is, you know, underprivileged populations. Um, but in in my case, you know, personally, what I see is, you know, with my daughter, 
um, she's a little bit afraid. She's she's seventh grade. She's going into, you know, just starting seventh grade. She's already a little bit afraid of uh, STEM. And and so one of the things that we're trying to push also through the SOC and range program is you don't need to be a math whiz to, to be in cybersecurity. You know, you don't need to be hacking. You don't need to be coding in order to be in cybersecurity. Because what cybersecurity in the industry needs is people who can talk to people about what their vulnerabilities are. They can they can make people less concerned about, you know, maybe an incident that's been occurring. They can talk to them about the incident at a high level. And so we need people who aren't just, you know, STEM focused in cybersecurity, but we need people who can get a message across to a client as well. And so I think one of the things that I would really want to pass over is, you know, cybersecurity is not just a technical skill. It's not just a technical um, skill set that you need. We need people who are maybe, you know, English majors who who want to do stuff like consulting with someone. You know, consulting is a big part of cybersecurity. And if you can, if you can't, you can be really good on the technical end, but if you can't get the message across to a customer, then you're not any help to them because they need to know what are today's vulnerabilities? What are you doing to stop them? And, and they need to know that usually in reports. So, you know, a cybersecurity career might not have to be all technical. You might have, you know, of course, you'll need to have some idea of what you're doing in the cyber realm. You'll need to know the concepts. But if you're a good report writer, if you're somebody who, who enjoys like public speaking and things like that, like you might have a career in cybersecurity. So I wanted to mention that because a lot of times that's not talked about, but, um, you know, definitely for people who are, are coming up and are saying like, hey, I'm not good in math or science. You don't have to be. You can do other things in cyber. And so I wanted to just pass that on to students and yeah. prospective cyber people. I, I, I particularly appreciate that because it's something that I've kind of noticed is that we oftentimes talk over the heads of people who are not technical, right? So end users or people in business who don't have a technical background technical people when they're talking about cybersecurity threats and and vulnerabilities and those kinds of things we oftentimes talk right over their heads they have no idea they know it's a problem and they know it's something they should be concerned about but they don't really and it's hard for them to grasp at what level should i be concerned about it and what should i actually be doing other than you know wringing my hands and clutching my pearls uh, about all of the cyber threats out there so i think that is great advice that um to not shy away from cybersecurity just because you're not technical, because it's it's broad. We need much more than just people who can sit behind a, a keyboard and code. So that's that's excellent. Thank you. Uh, and that leads right into how I kind of wanted to end here. I was hoping that you could give us some um, some guidance, some advice for aspiring cybersecurity professionals. Uh, I think you've already done a great job with the with the don't don't shy away if you're not technical. But is there anything else um, advice that you would give to you know, aspiring cybersecurity professionals? Uh, yeah, the best advice I could give is don't give up. You know, there's there's so much of a demand for cybersecurity that um, the you know, I remember going through my first classes at BU and it was like, you know, calculus and Java, Java coding. And I was like, oh, my God. And every weekend, you know, I was spending hours and hours trying to get this Java program to work. And it was literally like the parentheses in the wrong place or something like that. I would get to these moments of desperation and all of a sudden something clicks and in the program works, you know, and then it's like success. So I, I think, you know, Part of that is just grinding it out. And if you 
if you are feel like you're overwhelmed when you start your cyber classes, just realize that again, you know, not all of this is technical, that you have to have some capability to understand uh, you know, programming language, which now Python's coming up and, and it's easier than Java to, to handle. So that's mm-hmm. good. But um, you know, you there has to be some level of understanding of the programming languages that are being used to generate both protective software and malware. And so so cybersecurity people need to understand that a little bit. But if you're taking one or two classes like that and they're really technical, just work hard to get through them because other classes are not going to be that same way. So, you know, um, people could always reach out if they wanted to. I'd be happy to talk to people about that um, just based on my own experience. But sometimes when it seems, you know, that you're like, I just don't think I can get through this. Once you're through, you know, maybe a, a it's an individual project on a weekend or through a class, like, you know, the next class can be so much better in cybersecurity and in that in that course of study. So, so just don't give up would be the one thing I'd say. Yeah. And um and and really as best you can, don't take no for an answer. If you get one, you get rejected with one program, go to another one. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, one of the things that we like to do at Cybersecurity Guide, of course, is in our show notes we try and put resources or links um, that can help our readers access the things that we've talked about. So obviously, uh, we'll put a link to the Mass Cyber Center, um, Mass Tech. Uh, anything else that you can think of that would be useful uh, that we should put a link in our resources? I'll send you over my LinkedIn. That's pre- pretty much the only public uh, profile that I have anywhere. So okay. um, I'll send you that over as well. If people want to hit me up and ask me, I just had a conversation with someone who, um, you know, is, is a chef and um, wants to jump into cyber. He And he's, you know, he was concerned that his age would be a limiting factor. And I said, not in this world. Yeah. You know, you can you can jump in and do anything you want. Doesn't matter what your age is, and um, you know, it, it, as long as you are willing to do it, you know, willing and capable. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So, if people want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, feel free to do that as well. All right, we'll we'll put your link. We'll put a link to your LinkedIn uh, page as well. So, thank you for that, and thank you, John, for being with us today. This has been very helpful. Uh, it's a very valuable resource. Um, or people that are thinking about getting into cybersecurity or need some help with their career. So thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Steve. This is great for me too. I really enjoyed it. You bet. And a big thanks to our listeners for being with us. And please remember to subscribe and review if you find this podcast interesting and join us next time for another episode of the Cybersecurity Guide podcast. Podcast.